Hi there, I'm Eleanor and welcome to the Click and Go Travel Podcast. Each week we're covering a new destination across Sun City Cruise, USA, Worldwide and Camping Holidays. But this week we're not going to be talking about holiday destinations, but rather something you should always keep in mind whether you're at home or abroad. Skin cancer is the most common cancer in Ireland with over 11,000 cases being diagnosed annually, but it's also one of the most preventable. Whether you're laying poolside on a sun holiday, out all day, exploring on a city break, hitting the slopes on a ski holiday or just walking around in the sunshine, listening to our podcast, you should always take the right steps to fully protect your skin from the harmful rays of the sun. I am not a skincare expert, so to join me in discussing skincare and the prevention of skin cancer, I'm joined by Kevin O'Hagan and Margaret Kelly. Kevin is the Cancer Prevention Manager for the Irish Cancer Society, and Margaret is an expert beauty therapist and owner of New Essence Salon. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. So Thank to you. start off, could you maybe tell us a little bit about your respective roles in terms of skincare in the sun? So uh, maybe Margaret? Yeah. Hi Eleanor, so Margaret Kelly, I've already been introduced. Um, I am a beauty therapist. I've been working as a therapist for over 20 years now. I've had my own salon for 13 years and when I started the salon I trained with a skincare brand called Dermalogica. Mm -hmm. So I've become a Dermalogica expert and over the years I've just I have a passion for skincare, so I've focused more and more on skincare as time has gone by. Um, it's what I do all the time. Most of the time, most of my clients I've been working with would be about age prevention, slowing down the aging process. We also work with people that have got problematic skin, acne breakouts, anything really that can be an issue. I'll help sort it out. Brilliant. And Kevin? Yeah, um, I'm the Cancer Prevention Manager at the Irish Cancer Society. And um, while we spend a lot of time um, talking about um, supporting people with cancer, uh, my role is primarily about the prevention of cancer um, and we're learning a lot more about how we can reduce our risk of cancer um, and thanks for the opportunity to speak about skin cancer th today because we now know that it is probably the most preventable of all cancers and while it is Ireland's number one cancer, uh, there's a lot we can do to reduce our risk of skin cancer. Brilliant. Um, so maybe then just to have a talk about the SunSmart campaign and what that tells people in terms of prevention and yeah. how to get them to be proactive about protecting their protecting skin. Their skin. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, we run our SunSmart campaign right from the end of March to the end of September because here in Ireland, the UV rays from the sun are strong enough to damage your skin right through from uh, early April. Um, and while we often assume that it's cold and perhaps cloudy here in Ireland, there's still enough uh, UV rays passing through uh, cloud uh, to damage your skin right from, from early April to the end of September. Um, uh, I suppose in Ireland here, uh, about uh, three quarters of the population have very fair skin, mm. so we tend to burn quite easily. Um, and so our campaign really um, throughout that summer months is to ensure that people don't get sunburned and that they do all they can to, to avoid uh, serious damage to their skin. Um, so uh, our sun smart um, 
a campaign has a very simple message and we refer to our Sun Smart Code and we have very we have five very simple steps that people can take and uh, obviously the the most important one is is to avoid um, uh, exposure to strong sunlight particularly between 11 and 3 so that's seeking shade certainly to enjoy the sun but not to expose your skin at those very um, at those hottest parts of the day uh, covering up by by wearing a shirt with a collar and long shorts uh, also wear a hat that gives you shade to your face and the neck and the ears because we often get burned the back of our neck and, and our ears. Uh, wearing sun sunglasses is really important. Wearing wraparound sunglasses because we actually can get 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 skin uh, cancer on on our eyes as well. I didn't so know you really, get skin yeah, cancer in your eyes. Melanoma, Scary. yeah. Yeah, that's mm. a new one for me. Yeah, the big one, of course, is sunscreen, and we'll talk maybe a little bit more about that in a few minutes. Um, but it's it's really those are simple steps that mm. you can do to avoid getting sunburn and sun sun damage. Right, mm. and on the sunscreen and product side of things over to Margaret what would you kind of recommend people to do in terms of uh, wearing SPF sunscreens to use when it comes to SPF it's something that we recommend our clients to wear year round Mm. not just through the summer months so we would be I suppose looking at it from a slightly different angle to what Kevin's talking about obviously protecting from sun damage that's going to lead to cancers is the most important thing Mm. we're always thinking about pigmentation and the sun sunlight or sun rays they accelerate the aging of the skin people don't want to look older than they actually Mm. are and it can lead to wrinkles um, and hyperpigmentation so we do recommend our clients wear an SPF year round um, at minimum of a factor 30 but if they can wear a factor 50 we we do recommend it as I say to my clients it's daylight exposure as opposed to sunlight exposure Mm. so I suppose we're looking at the difference in the sun rays we've got the UVA rays that are there year round like Kevin was saying even on the cloudy overcast days the UVA rays are the ones that age the skin the UVB rays I think I'm hopefully I'm right here Kevin the UVB <laughs> rays are the ones that we get that that help when we feel the heat of the sun on our skin yeah. and the UVB rays are the ones that burn the skin mm-hmm. and accelerate the risk of um, melanomas or cancers forming on the skin but in our salon we do harp on quite a lot about the importance of SPF and we do recommend that our clients wear it year round um, for the face neck and the back of the hands I suppose quite for a huge proportion of the year there's a lot of the skin that's not exposed mm. but we do encourage it constantly so SPF would be a big thing that we'd be recommending for our clients when they're prepping for holidays and the next thing then we'd be thinking about is um, hydrating the skin because when you travel when you take a flight the skin becomes hydrated when you're wearing the sunshine your skin can be dehydrated you're generally drinking that a little bit more as well mm. while you're away so again that all leads to dehydration, dehydration of the skin so we would be encouraging our clients to use hydrating products anything that's got a hyaluronic acid in it that helps to hydrate the skin and then we've got the downside as well I think after if, if people have been good on their holidays I'm very particular about their application of their SPF they can be quite thick and gloopy SPFs are a chemical and they have got emulsifiers in them that are quite thick on the skin you know mm. yourself trying That's to rub it into the skin proper mm. sunscreen and stage it day. turns a lot of people off especially if they're prone to breakouts or acne they're a bit nervous about using a heavy SPF um, and after holidays some people will say their fi- skin feels a little bit clogged. clogged up congested so we would be encouraging as well as the hydration we would be encouraging towards the end of the holidays some extra exfoliation possibly some deep cleansing masks just to give it a good clean out and you know preferably a facial after the holiday as well Mm. just to maintain that nice glow that you pick up while you're away so they're one of our our key things that we'd focus on and then if we were to look at 
prepping the body for the holidays? You know, are you going to exfoliate beforehand? Hair removal before the holidays. I suppose this really applies to women. To get ready. Tanning. Are you going to use a false tan? We would encourage our clients to go with the false tans because obviously there's so much they're good quality these days, and then it reduces their chances are no reduces them wanting to lie in the sun and get mm. a tan because they already feel good about themselves with a false tan. So that helps reduce the risk of sun damage as well. Right. And on the topic of tans and being tanned before you go on holidays. There's a lot of misconceptions about sunbeds and how mm. harmful they actually are for your skin and increase your risk of skin cancer. Yeah. I think I read that before use of them before 35 increases the risk of skin cancer by 60%, which yeah. is it's probably the, the age group yeah, where yeah. people mm. will be most likely to use it. Yeah, we, we'd be very concerned about people using sunbeds because they are a high risk for skin cancer. And as you said, uh, uh, UV from a sunbed is about 15 times higher than the Mediterranean sun. So high intensity UV like that causes serious damage to the skin. Mm. And we, we certainly would be f- certainly discouraging uh, use of sunbeds. Uh, they're high risk to sk- skin cancer. And as you say, the younger you start to use them, the higher that risk. Um, and so we do all our ca- we do all we can to kind of discourage people not to use sunbeds, certainly before they go on holiday. Um, we often say that there's no such thing as a safe tan mm. um, because your a tan is is damaged skin. Mm. Uh, I'm not too sure about the fake tans. I haven't quite <laughs> tried those out myself. It's a new area of research yeah, but, for but, the Irish Cancer Society. Yeah, but um, certainly, is anything that damages the skin, and if your skin is getting pink and, and burned, mm. um, that's damage, and that's that's that, that's damaging your DNA in your skin, and which will accumulate. Some, most of the skin will recover, but sometimes it doesn't and, and uh, potentially skin cancer can, can evolve from that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, so I suppose while a lot of people rely heavily on the sun cream, mm. um, it's important, I suppose, that, that people use it properly. And um, we, would, we would always say not, not to use it as your last point of, of defence, but if you're going to use it, to use it properly and to use it certainly bef- 20 minutes before going out into the sun and to use plenty of it. We know mm. from research that t- people tend to just use the bare minimum. Um, they miss parts of the body so it's recommended to use about two tablespoons if you're covering your entire body um, while wearing um, a swimming costume so it's important to use plenty of it and and as, as Margaret said to use a high factor at least from 30 to 50 and, and children under six months really shouldn't be exposed to sun like that mm. but it's a high factor um, and you know people often talk about um, uh, but water resistant and waterproof and again it's hard to, to know how, how how waterproof some of the products are so again it's important that people keep reapplying after every couple of hours mm. even if it does say use it for the entire you know use once for the entire day you need to be repeating uh, to repeating the, the use of sunscreen there's nothing as Annoying as is uh, and spoils a holiday as badly as is uh, a bad sunburn. Yes, so it's very it's, true. it's absolutely crucial that people uh, do all they can to protect themselves from getting sunburned. And mm-hmm. sun creams that or sunscreens that are the once a day ones. Like I know when I'm on holidays, I use the parasol oily sun cream, and mm. it's great because like once a day, done and dusted, don't have to think of my skin yeah. until tomorrow. Is there any downside to those type of sun creams, or are they any less effective than? Normal sun creams that you yeah. apply twice yeah, we, a day we, uh, or yeah. every two yeah. hours or so. We would find it difficult to recommend those type of once a day mm. products because, again, very often you might be wiping yourself off with a towel or changing a shirt or something, mm. and it's easy to wipe it off. Um, and it's very, very difficult. Uh, 
to 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 say that that one once a day application will, will keep you safe. Um, we wouldn't encourage that. We would encourage people to certainly use protective clothing first of all, mm. stay in the shade. But if you're using the cream, to keep reapplying it. And um, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't like to guarantee uh, the use of once a day cream. I'll have to rethink my sun cream uh, <laughs> for my next holiday. Yeah. I think as well the. I could be wrong on this, but the ones, the SPFs that are one day application, they're very, they've got a very high chemical content as mm. well. Mm. So they're not suitable for a sensitive skin. Mm. They're not suitable for children. And then like Kevin was saying as well, quite often people miss areas. We even encourage our clients for the face to wear, have SPF in more than one product. Because quite often when I ask a client if they're using SPF, the reply is, oh, I think there's some in my makeup. Mm. And what I would say to them is how much of your makeup is left at three o'clock or four o'clock if you've applied it in the morning time. Mm. So the same rule should apply with the SPF. That you're, if you're layering it up, you have a better chance of coverage all over. You're not increasing your SPF by layering. So if you use two or three products with SPF and one is a 30 and one is a 20, you don't suddenly give yourself a factor 50. Yeah. You still have factor 30 on your skin, but you've reduced the risk of some areas being missed because people tend to miss the size of their face, the back of their neck, their shoulders, their ears, small areas like that where they can pick up a nasty sunburn mm-hmm. um, as well. But the, the one a day ones, like Kevin was saying, I just be cautious about them mm-hmm. because of the high chemical content. Even smell them; mm-hmm. they tend to be yeah, yeah smells not a bit more. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so it's better to be reapplying throughout the day. Next, yeah, I know I've extremely sensitive skin, and they haven't irritated me so far. Oh, but I good. did get a really bad sun allergy once on mm-hmm. holidays, and mm-hmm. my skin completely mm-hmm. broke. I had to use a SPF 100. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So there's yeah, two yeah. different types of SPF that you can get. You can get a physical SPF and a chemical SPF. Mm. So the physical SPFs are the ones that tend to be more suited to children. The total blocks. Mm. You, you'll probably know from experience when you use a physical SPF, you won't even realise you're using it as such. But they're very hard to get them to soak into the skin. They tend to sit and leave a white film or white residue on the skin surface. They're a physical SPF. And what they do is they reflect the sunlight rays away from the skin. Mm. Um, A chemical SPF, they soak into the skin much better, but they absorb the heat into the skin and then disperse it then. With the chemical one, they're more suited to people that aren't sensitive and Mm. adults. The physical ones are for children. They that, as I said, kids don't really care anyway, whether no, they're covered in white and they all sand stuck to them. But adults don't particularly like that. Mm. But if you are, if somebody like yourself is sensitive, you need to go for the, more the like physical. the kiddie formulas, the physical, okay. uh, the physical <laughs> ones, unfortunately. People do get prickly heat rash as mm. well from the, all the chemicals, the SPF and the heat on the skin. And then that can have its own problems as well. It can be uncomfortable while you're away in the heat as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, and, just one thing on the getting your skin ready and also the sunbeds. I was reading that a lot of people use sunbeds because they think, oh, this is my way of getting vitamin D. Mm. Preparing the skin. For yeah, the, the exactly. Sun. And would you recommend more? How would you recommend people to get their vitamin D as opposed to just the sun or using sunbeds for the very wrong reason? <laughs> Any daylight exposure will give you vitamin mm-hmm. D. Mm. Even 20 minutes daylight exposure will give you sufficient sufficient amount of vitamin D for our bodies to function. Um, I'm no expert when it comes to supplementing mm. or vitamins, but this is what I have been told, that just mm-hmm. 20 minutes of exposure. If you're on holidays and you're wearing SPF, you're not getting as much vitamin D because the S- mm. SPF is blocking it. But we tend to spend 
a lot less or a lot more than 20 mm. minutes outdoors. Mm-hmm. So I think a full day or six or seven hours on the beach or beside the pool, you should be able to absorb sufficient amounts yeah. of vitamin D yeah. that it's safe. Um, yeah, you're, you're I don't think you need to go the 20 minutes. I've ha- I have read reports where people recommend that you go 20 minutes without any SPF on the skin. But 20 mm. minutes is more than enough to start the skin turning pink yeah. and the burning process to start. Yeah. Mm. Um, you, yeah, of holiday, all that time outdoors, you have enough mm. time to get your vitamin D in, I think. I, I don't know, do some beds actually promote yeah, no, vitamin yeah, D in the body? No, I think that's don't. a myth. I don't think they do, yeah, coming from a, a false light, no. light, yeah. No, I, to go back to my pet hate about sunbeds, it's, it's <laughs> highly dangerous and, and there's no health benefits whatsoever mm-hmm. from sunbeds. And they're not prepping the skin. Some people yeah. are under the illusion that they're, yeah. they'll have a few sunbeds before they go away and then they won't burn for the couple of days mm. of the holidays, but they've already caused the damage. Because mm-hmm. mm. as Kevin was saying, when you when your skin starts to go pink or red or tan, mm-hmm. your body's produced that melanin to protect the nucleus, to protect the DNA mm-hmm. in the nucleus mm-hmm. of the cell. Because if that DNA starts to behave out of order or um, that's when the melanoma start to form. So any if you have colour, you already have damaged your skin, basically. Mm. OK. Yeah. Um, as of course, it's important to remember that getting a good, healthy diet is a good way to get vitamin D as well, True, you know, yeah. from 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 fish and eggs and, you know, good health um, uh, fruit and vegetables. I mean, there's if you have a healthy diet, you'll get an adequate vitamin D. But as, as Mark said, 15 minutes is, is what's recommended, 15 to 20 minutes um, exposure to, to daylight. So in general, you get enough vitamin D. Um, you don't need large. You don't need to be lying in the sun to get vitamin D. Mm. If your sun skin is getting damaged, um, it's certainly it's 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 counterproductive. Like so, there's no point. Um, but just being mindful of a good healthy diet and that'll ensure you get enough vitamin D. And I think as well, people don't realise that if you're actually sitting in the car or sitting mm. by the window in your office or sitting in your conservatory, you're getting daylight exposure mm-hmm. onto mm. your skin as well. Now, I'm not too sure if that mm. promotes vitamin D again, mm. but people seem to forget that. They think they're protected by the glass. As far as I know, in the car, the windscreen has UV filters, but the mm-hmm. our side windows don't, don't have UV okay. filters, so we still yeah. are exposed to daylight we're exposed mm-hmm. to uv rays mm-hmm. um that should help with the vitamin d production as well yeah. then yeah definitely yeah. and Absolutely. then in terms of the on skin cancer side what are uh kind of symptoms or mm-hmm. what are what should people look out for if they think there might be something up with their skin yeah well i suppose or there, they are concerned there are two main types of of, of skin cancer you have your melanoma uh, skin cancer which is probably the more serious one and then you have your non-melanoma skin cancer which is quite common uh, there's about 10 th- over 10,000 cases of non-melanoma skin cancer melanoma is, is there's about 800 cases a year and that tends to uh, emerge from uh, existing moles that change in shape and size and colour so we have a lot of moles on our skin mm. uh, and if they begin to change in shape and size and get a, a different colour that's a sign that could be an indication of, of, of melanoma skin cancer and that's something to be mindful. The the non-melanoma skin cancer it tends to be little little sores or, or, or crusts that might emerge uh, on the skin. Uh, very, very treatable, uh, but they're quite common. Um, and again, it's just overexposure to sun over the years. Mm. Um, and uh, as I say, very treatable, but you will notice those in the skin. The difficulty is people might have those little sores or, or itchy uh, spot on their skin and because it may not cause them much pain or difficulty, they tend to ignore it and let it go by. Um, and that's the danger. Mm. Uh, but there, we know uh, on average it's about 250 to 300 people die from melanoma skin cancer each year. And that's that's the that's uh, really important that people then 
you know, check it out and see if there's a change in their mood. Very high figure, um, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and it's, it's something it's, that's so preventable. Yeah, <clears throat> so it's it's just being mindful and checking your skin is really important on a regular basis. Um, noting any any changes or any sores or any you know anything that's just not not usual for them. But it's it's leaving that little spot that there for for a long period of time can be difficult. It's you know? things that I often <coughs> say to clients: if stuff is reoccurring, if it doesn't seem to yeah. clear up and it's constantly there, and it might mm-hmm. ease off a little bit, not be as red or angry for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, but then comes back again. If there's something persistent, I always recommend clients to go and see their GP and mm. have it checked out. It's no harm to have anything checked mm-hmm. out just to be on the safe side. Yeah, yeah definitely, especially. When something is so easily fixed. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, and it's uh, those little. I mean, we take them for granted. Little small lumps, little flat red spots. You know, a lump that that's kind of crusty on your skin, a rough scaly patch. You know, these are the type of things that I mean, we just take them for granted a little bit. But they could mm. be early, you know, early early signs. early signs of skin cancer, and they just probably. And as I said, those are very treatable. Mm. Uh, so let's get those checked out. The the moles then that begin to change in shape and size. They they that's obviously deeper damage to your skin, and and they need to be certainly. Uh, looked at very carefully and I I think I read I could be wrong um, that by age 18 any damage mm. that that's kind of the most um, sensitive period in your life for getting yeah. damage mm. on your skin well any young person I know obviously I mean, when kids yeah. are very very small they absolutely yeah no, your skin, uh, it's, no, it's those early years that are absolutely crucial for children to, to protect their skin because, I mean, that's the, you're setting down the foundation then for life and it's, mm. it's really important. Um, and, yeah, it's just really important that young children, young babies are, are kept out of the, the direct sunlight like mm. that because, as I say, the, the, the damage to your DNA and your skin, it, it accumulates over the years and it can, obviously, it, in, in the later years then, you can, you know, the risk of skin cancer is, is quite high then, you know. It's creating a habit with children mm. as well. If you get mm-hmm. children into a good routine when they're of an age where they're able to apply mm. and they just know that it's part of the morning routine, you brush your teeth, mm-hmm. you know, you put your coat on, you put some SPF on. Mm. If you have them doing that from an early age, they're more sun aware, they're more savvy. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if parents are only putting a little bit of sunblock on the children during the summer holidays or during the mm. su- sunny days, they usually tend to, kids hate anything like that mm. that's going to interfere with them getting up and going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you just instill it in them from an early age as well, I think it, as an adult, they're just going to bring that with them and know about the dangers with mm-hmm. the sun and know the importance of wearing an SPF as well. Yeah, I think it's important to, to remind people as well that depending on the type of skin you have, some people do not tan properly. Mm. You know, they burn most, like as I said, I'm that person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there are six types of skin skin types, you mm. know, and and the vast majority of Irish people have very fair skin. So mm. we just tend to burn. We don't tan very easily, unless you know. Uh, uh, there's a small portion of people who who do go a little bit uh, tan. So it's important that people remind that they ben- tend to burn much much quickly, mm. uh, and and don't tan at all. Um, and we have a little uh, online qu- uh, kind of a skin checker on our website at, at www.cancer.ie. You can check your skin type and compare it to various celebrities, uh, uh, what your skin type <laughs> might be. And there's some advice there then what you need to take. But, you know, there are some people who just won't tan mm. and they, we have to just accept that's what that's that's the life. That's the skin we've been given and, and to accept that and. That's beautiful in itself as well, you know, so it's, it's just accepting that. Uh, so, you know, I think that's the message to get through to a lot of young people. No matter what they do, they won't tan. So maybe there's something in the 
fake tan industry <laughs> might help them out there, mm. but I don't know. Margaret might be able to recommend something. No matter how many hours in the sun you spend, yeah, no. it'll stay the same. Exactly, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. No pinkness, no redness. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, the thing is, it doesn't last anyway. You know, people mm. put themselves through a lot of hardship and pain to get a tan. Mm-hmm. And it's it's gone within a couple of weeks. Mm. Oh, it's faded. The tan has faded. The damage is still there, but the actual colour has yeah. faded. And I think we need to move away from um, the idea that you look healthier when you have a tan mm. as well. I know for women, they feel more confident in their summer clothes or in their swimwear in their bikini if they have false tan on it's like you've lost a couple of pound or <laughs> you think you've lost a couple of pound but all that hassle all the da- the danger risks you're putting yourself at just to get a tan when it, it's the gone damage it, doesn't, it doesn't last no. yeah it doesn't last mm. no it doesn't I think it's important maybe to, at this point uh, just to talk about getting sunburned you know mm. and what you, people do because it can be a very serious problem you know especially on holiday you know Definitely. Um, so if you're getting sunburn it's, it's important that you get yourself out of the sun as quickly as possible mm. uh, and, and get yourself trying to get yourself cooled down cooling the skin with, with perhaps cold sponging with cold water having a cold bath shower um, drink plenty of fluids really important to cool down and, and, and to prevent dehydration So and apply a kind of a water based uh, emollient petroleum jelly such as Vaseline to the skin uh, to cool down perhaps there are other products that might help as well. petroleum jelly holds the heat in the skin yeah, though you might, might be do, better yeah. off with something really cooling like an yeah. aloe vera yeah exactly because the petro- petroleum jelly will just cause mm. the heat to generate and what you, your body needs to do is let that heat out as much yeah. as possible that's why the cold bath or sponging yeah. down is good but something water based probably yeah. go yeah, yeah. water based yeah, exactly. aloe vera a very basic cream mm-hmm. just that's you know preferably non-perfumed, non-coloured, that's just yeah. going to cool the skin down. And and, and to take some painkillers, you know, paracetamol or something to relieve the pain uh, or aspirin. Um, you know, so it's it's really important that you get out of the sun, cool down, drink plenty of fluids. Uh, that's that's really important. And, and don't go back into the and sun don't go the next day. Wear a t-shirt, cover up. Because uh, it is very serious, you know, people do mm. get sunstroke all yeah. the time on holiday and it's, it's a horrible experience. So mm. it's just, uh, this is a very... Like, we're not used to those strong uh, UV rays coming from from the Mediterranean suns, no. you know. So it's it's so important that we protect ourselves. It's like we're it's, we're a fish out of water when it comes to it. Like it's a big shock to our body and our skin mm. when we ex- you know exposed to those strong UVs that were coming from cloudy Ireland to the Mediterranean sun. It's not so nice. And I was even I was reading about um, the reflection. So sand reflects 25% of UV mm. radiation. The water in the sea reflects 100% mm. of UV radiation. Mm-hmm. Snow reflects 85% of it. So yeah. no matter yeah, this is the great, you know, sometimes where you are, you're going to like, get... Yeah, you could be skiing at this time of the year yeah. and, uh, and you think not it was cold and how could I get sunburned? Not think of sunburned? sunburned at all. Yeah. People and burn their lips quite often yeah. when they're skiing as yeah. well. And, and I think it's dangerous. the wind, like people think it's windburn, but it's you, like you might be in a very breezy area or breezy beach and mm. it's cold maybe and you have a coat on, but the, the sun, the UV rays come straight down. Uh, they don't, you know, it doesn't matter about the temperature sometimes. Mm. Um, so that's really important that people are mindful of that as well, you know. Uh, we often got sunburned uh, on a cold, breezy day. Mm. Um, but if the, if, the, if the UVs are strong enough, you will get sunburned. And that's, that we want, that's what we want to avoid at all costs. Yeah, even recently in January in Portugal, my dad mm. got a little bit sunburned one mm. of the days and was surprised. Yeah. 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 But uh, just not used to that sun, yeah. even in the depths of winter. Yeah, no. yeah. Can't happen. Absolutely not. No. 
One thing people might not think about that I only recently discovered how to tell if your makeup is out of date, but does sun cream also go out of date or is there kind of a, a best before on it? Sun creams do have a, a, it's a shelf life. If you have a look at the packaging, not just on the box, but even on the bottle, it will usually have a picture of a little jar, a little bottle. It tends to have an, a 12 or an 18 in it, which basically is telling you that this product is recommended or only has a shelf life of 12 or 18 months. SPFs are chemicals. Once they're exposed to the environment, they will start to deteriorate. So taking out your sun cream that you had from last year may not always be the best bet. They're not going to be effective enough to protect you from the, the sun rays. Just bear it in mind. You need to get new ones each year and don't be frightened to use up what you've got as well. After the holidays, continue to use it on the backs of your hands, on your face, um, rather than if you don't want to throw stuff out. But always make sure that you're buying fresh bottles SPF or jars year. of SPF every year. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Great. I think that's everything someone could need to know about minding their skin and yeah. getting their skin ready for this summer. Yeah. And even if they go to sunnier destinations in the meantime. Yeah, Brilliant. absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you're welcome. Thank you. That's it for this week on the Click and Go Travel Podcast. Thanks to Kevin and Margaret. And as always, thank you for listening. Stephen and I hope you've been enjoying the podcast and the destinations and additional topics we've been covering. If you have any questions or suggestions, drop us an email at podcast at clickandgo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode and all our previous episodes, please subscribe, rate it or leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share it and spread the word. Until our next one, goodbye.